Chris Duane here. Welcome to I Wish I Knew, a Disrupted TV podcast. Today, we're talking with Anne Labingana, an educator from Delaware. As you know, this is a show where educators share a time when they jumped into something and wished there was one thing they could have known that would have helped out. Anne, what story do you want to share with us today? Well, thank you so much for having me on today, Chris. I've been thinking about how I wish I knew that there was a balance or should be a balance between art and the science of teaching. Um, I fortunately now know there's a resource, wonderful resource by right. Maslow that, um, that everybody else can read um, called mm-hmm. The Art and Science of Teaching. Right, but Marzano. Do we all love him? That's right, my... Marzano. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we all love him. But when I first came into teaching um, in the in the mid '90s, I didn't know, and I was a go-getter, uh, uh, an enthusiast, and I I knew my content and or and and continued to learn it um, as time went on. Um, but I didn't know how to really balance the two, and so sometimes. Um, as I was learning to do as an early educator, as I was learning to get the content um, across. Right, <laughs> right. Students, as we all did. I, you know, we all have. Right. My canvas, as I like to say, um, was was too heavy with with various learning experiences. It was it was the content sometimes got lost in the in the feathers and the and the glue and 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 whatever else um, I decided to to help to enhance the, the learning experience. And then there have been times in my career um, where pacing guides and um, um, and administrators have sort of dictated, um, if I may use those words, mm-hmm. um, that you know there is no room for the feathers and the glue. <laughs> right. <laughs> now, when you say that, do you mean that you are trying to put um, what project learning in place that includes? Oh, yes. like, I mean, and I, I don't. At my, I ask that on the risk of uh, sounding like I'm not paying attention, but I, I'm just this because I, I think that. Right. I just think that sometimes we do want to make our classrooms richer, making Uh the experiences richer. And then sometimes we feel like we've gotten off track. And sometimes it can feel, you know, it might even appear that we are off track. But in fact, I think what you're going to tell me is that you discovered Uh you weren't off track. Absolutely, yeah. So I love that you use the term project-based learning that that has taken on different names throughout the year. I mean, mm-hmm. throughout the years. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, um, you're exactly right. I, I felt, and, I, and sometimes I was made to feel, <laughs> yes, um, you know, that I was not on track, and that children were not going to meet the standards, and children were not going to be able to stay on the pacing guide because of you know a project put in place um but as you know that's where the best learning takes place um you know where children are first of all the children 
sometimes that takes time. That takes you off the pacing time. Yes, so yes. Children take ownership of their own learning. Um, you know, it sometimes takes a little bit longer for them to get um, their ideas out and to to develop the plan a bit for that the, their own plan for, mm-hmm, for uh, mm-hmm. meeting that action and me being facilitator. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that was something that I learned. Um, fortunately pretty early on but not in the beginning and I think that most educators don't at that time didn't realize you know our role as a true facilitator does not involve you know I need 10 minutes to to do this um to I don't want to say lecture because lecture is college style but you know 10 minutes of me speaking to the students and right and more minutes of the, you know, it doesn't have to be set up that way. Now, naturally, you have to have whole group instruction at some point mm-hmm. so that there's some, you know, learning, learning right. occurring. Sure. But um, no, I think that, you know, when students lead the way, actually, they grow and develop intellectually, socially, you know, and all other kinds of ways um, through various learning experiences so much more through the project-based learning. I'm definitely a fan. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that we talked about your background, and yes. I know that you said you spent um, 11 years teaching between kindergarten and grade six with um, most yes. of the time in first and second grade. I wanted Correct. to ask you if you thought that was the time that you felt most pressured that the project-based learning would be interfering with the students' quote-unquote academic growth. Hmm, that's a good question that you asked. Um, actually, that wasn't the window. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, well, I shouldn't say the, the whole window. It's, it was closer to the end of that window. It wasn't that long ago, actually, um, that the pressures, as you said, to um, to justify project-based learning and to, to be able to show the data um, of the results of their, of their student growth through those various learning experiences uh, was a little more intense. And mm-hmm. so I don't think, and I just want to be clear, <laughs> you know, that I don't think that it was intended to be that way. I think mm-hmm. there are lots of systemic pieces that are put into place top down. And once, once the ball gets rolling down to your own individual classroom, that's where you, you feel the most pressure because sure. you, are the, <laughs> you are the one um, who has to produce those results to then trickle back up. Right? That's right. Right. That's so the buck good. stops on our plate with yeah, absolutely. You got it. Absolutely. You got it. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, so I had to come back. So I, so even late, later in my career, um, I had to, to sort of reflect again, um, cause I had lost touch with my, my mantra, I guess, of, you know, kids first. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's really what the art is. The art's more so mm-hmm. <laughs> in my home right. is, mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. for the kids first. And the sure. science is a balance, you know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. to help with that. Mm-hmm. And so I had to go into some deep reflection about my best practices that I'd learned, you know, years ago. And then I, you know, and I professional development out to the Watusi, you know, two master's degrees along the way, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, 
I had to go back and dig deep and say, you know, what is it that I really am supposed to be getting accomplished here, you know, with these students? And how can I balance, you know, um, the expectations that I have, you know, that are put upon, you know, with, with the pacing guides, et cetera. I'll use that as my main example, you know, and and how I want children to, you know, be engaged in project-based learning. So it really is a, 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 it's a tough place to be in because you're already in the middle of the school year. <laughs> right, no, it is. And I think that for most educators, when you come to that point, you know, you're, you you want a quick fix, you know, but um, you, you have to reflect on it and you have to reflect on how how's the planning, you know, so it becomes a, a reshaping of how you plan, mm-hmm. um, you know, the curriculum is still there, the pacing yes. guide is still there, you know, you yes. still, but how are you going to plan? And then, um, and it's not a, and this is another piece that I may say, I know I'm going on, but it's not just how do I plan, you know, how do I reach out to other educators? Um, because we shouldn't be in a silo. I think a lot of people misconcept that, um, you know, teaching is in a silo, that just just you and your classroom. Right. Maybe. Well, that was a theory for a long time. You oh, know, absolutely. You know, that. Sure. you know that. It was, this yes. is my classroom, close the door, get out, I do what I want. Exactly. And clearly that is just not how it goes anymore. Yes. Now, if I can interrupt you for a second, sure. I want to bring to the listener's attention that yes. you have left the classroom and you yes. are now an instructional coach. Absolutely. So I will ask you, how is it you've taken this? How do you, um, well, I guess a couple of things. Are most of the teachers that you are uh, serving as an instructional coach for, are they on the beginning end of the spectrum, the middle end of the spectrum, the end of the teaching spectrum, so to speak, or is it a wide variety? And then how do you get them to understand what you've learned? How do you help them acquire that knowledge and apply it to their own life organizational sure. classroom. Right. Well, to answer your question, um, the teachers that I particularly work with this year, K to five, they are middle to end in their career. Um, Ooh, so okay. no one brand new to teaching. Okay. Um, but there are a category of teachers that are excuse me, brand new since October. So they did not come in at the beginning of the school year. They are new to our building and our district. Um, Excuse me, I'm sort of leaving the place. Okay. And um, so obviously that's a huge, (laughs) Mm -hmm. a huge um, learning curve for them in many ways. Mm -hmm. Um, So that, so it still applies. You know, each of each of the educators that I work with has their own canvas, I'd like to say. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, they all have something that they want to bring to the table for the benefit of kids. And they're, and they're all pretty project-based minded people, uh, which is awesome. But <laughs> yes. you have the science of it and you have you know, uh, district demands, which is, you know, and that's, and that's not a negative. I'm just using demands as in no, no, no. Sure. Um, of pacing. And we have, uh, so you have, so that's mainly my 
goal actually is as instructional coach. I have lots of roles um, with the educators and the students in the building, but one of my main ones is take a deep breath. <laughs> right. Know what you want to achieve. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, let me help you figure out. You know, just this little twerk. You know, this yes. little twist. This right. little thing that you know could save you some time, so to speak. Um, sure. Or, or take some time, or rebuild you some time into your pacing uh, schedule, and let's get this project going. You know. Uh-huh. Um, so that is—it's um, a mindset. If you really think about it, Chris. Right. Absolutely. You know, first of all, you have to know you can. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. And you know, discouraged and frustrated. You know, that can really take a lot of energy out of you, mental energy, yes. you know, out of you. And so, you know, from those conversations and those mindsets, then my responsibility then is to plan with them. So again, you know, they're overwhelmed <clears throat> for whatever reasons, um, you know, and so just sitting down and planning with the teachers just takes a tremendous load off of them. It's not planning for them. No, (laughs) no, no. What it is is that we want to get so much done and we think we have so much to do and not enough time and no time. And how do I make sure that I structure this? And this is part of what Star Saxstein was talking about in her interview with me that, you know, we have to be able to make room for all of these things in our lives, our work, our our personal lives, and in the classroom, all of these things have to come together, and then the pressure in the classroom can just make the other roles more difficult. So, I, you know, and I think that if you can help alleviate that and help them see that breathing, this is how we're going yes. to do it. We'll get yes. through it. Then that exactly. really helps them be more effective because Absolutely. they're not feeling the pressure of yes. a failure. You know. There you go. Yes, you got it. So Absolutely. excellent. And Absolutely. then I guess the last piece, and I know <laughs> I'm going on and on, but this is such a passionate topic for me. But the the um, I guess the next piece that is so rewarding, um, in addition to seeing the, the you know the, the teachers themselves kind of breathing a sigh of relief, um, you know, is is being able to be in the classroom. You know, sometimes I'm actually co-teaching, sometimes I'm modeling, sometimes I'm just observing. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, informally observing teachers, but to see the children, you know, like they're yes. now they're. You know, because it's a trickle-down effect. You know, when you're stressed out as an educator, you know, it affects the kids. Like, we don't realize it, but it's a direct impact. So when you release that or relieve that, you know, from the adult in their lives, my goodness. I mean, they are just like, it's like night and day. Right. Right. It it's like all of a sudden they the right they pressure release as well. They Absolutely. feel like yes, yes, they feel as though the pressure is off of them as uh-huh. if it's not something they're doing wrong. Exactly. Because they feel like it's their fault that the teacher feels like this. Oh, they don't know what to do about it. And of right. course it goes around and around and it just sure. who knows where that'll end. Well, Indeed. um Anne, I want to thank you for spending time with us today. Yes, um thank you for having me. Can I thank you? I do want to ask you if I asked you for one takeaway in okay. a sentence, what would you like our listeners to take away from this today? One thing. 
Okay. <laughs> so my takeaway is, no matter where you are in your educational journey, um, please take the time to read The Art and Science of Teaching by Robert Marzano. Mm-hmm. Um, I really think that's a fantastic resource um, that I wish I had read, like I said, early on. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's never too late because, you know, you always have to come. If you know about anything about education, you know, every day is a brand new start. Yes. It's so, not the truth. Yes. Indeed, Never too yes. late to start again. Always, yes, a, always right. a possibility. Well, we've been yes. lucky enough to talk today with Anne uh, Labingano from Delaware. Um, and again, thank you for taking time to speak with us today. Sure. We, yeah, we hope that you will join us all again when we talk about I Wish I Knew. Thanks again.